you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Show with former Chicago Bears Nickelback DJ Moore. Welcome into the Chris and DJ show. Bears post. How about them, <laughs> How about them, DJ? Now, Cordell Patterson only does that following a Bears win, and uh, they did not get the win today against the Green Bay Packers. They got the loss, 35-16 to at Soldier Field, DJ. But in a sense, they did get a win. The, the Los Angeles Rams took care of business. They get the 18-7 to win against the uh Arizona Cardinals and the Chicago Bears are heading to the playoffs, man. Yeah, and honestly, I think it, to me, ended up much better. I would rather play the Saints than the Packers again. Um, so I think it, it honestly, for us, especially for playoffs-wise, I think we had a good chance of beating the Saints. I wouldn't say the same thing if we was playing, taking on the um, the Packers next week. So no. because we, we lost on purpose – because we knew Arizona would lose because we wanted the Saints again where all this had started. We did that on purpose. <laughs> you know that. That's right. That's yeah. right. This is where all this started. Uh, of course, they played the Saints earlier in the year and actually took them into overtime where the Saints did escape with the victory. Now the Bears are going to be traveling on the road, but how much does uh, you know home field advantage really matter this year? Probably not too much. Um, so it will be played in New Orleans. But uh, let, let's dive in about this. Let's dive in and talk about this game here, uh, DJ. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers, man. Aaron Rodgers, as I said, probably playing the best football of his career. He goes out. He throws 19 of 24, 240 yards and four touchdowns. Um, didn't get nearly as much. They didn't even run the ball nearly as much as they did the last time. Of course, Akeem Hicks healthy and was in there. His impact was felt early and often. Um, Aaron Rodgers, though, a a a to quote Stephen A. Smith of ESPN, that's a bad man right there. Well, yeah, but it's not even – it's just the offensive plays, it just makes sense. Um, everything they did today made sense. We started off doing great. You you hold the ball, you win in time possession. We just couldn't. We talked about a pregame. Hold the ball, we did, but we can't get points from it. So whenever Aaron Rodgers was on the field, I was like he was just, he was just perfect. Um, but we didn't give him that many chances. But when we did, seemed like we can't do anything. Now, 
this week more than any other week, you've seen that it's like, you know, missing your guys. When Adam goes into the slot, who's the um, Shelly? Anybody else went into the slot, it was Shelly. And then it seemed like a lot of times, I don't know if he was going zero coverage or what. I mean, the field itself was just like, you can pick and choose who you wanted to kind of throw it to. And when it's that easy, um, when it, I mean, there's no safety over the top for Aaron Rodgers. You can, I mean, you can forget it, man. So how difficult, I mean, I, I've seen Pagano there late in the game. He had Fuller, um, you know, sticking with Adams no matter where he was on the field, literally like five or six minutes left in the game. I mean, how much could that or does that throw off your entire defense? Why didn't we see that earlier? I don't know. I, I do not know. Because now it could have been because of the linebacker. Um, the young kid got hurt, and right. then that, the backup didn't know exactly what to do. But again, that practice, I'm assuming you teach him how to do that. To me, because we play so much man, I would have either that I would have just made him play nickel or something. You thinking all week, all I, we've been talking about is like, how do you guard Adams? What's the screen was on him? Whenever they get into a third down situation, He's going to be in the slot, so you're going. You just putting people in a bad situation to guard him. Now again, he didn't get. He didn't have that many yards. Now he would get a couple first downs, but it was seemed like everybody else because everybody was running free. And when you got so many young guys, and I'm telling you, when somebody makes a play on you, and we seen Scantley run earlier than he missed the one later. Um, yeah, that's tough, man. When you in that slot. And they can go left, they can go right, they can go deep, they can stop. And on the outside, it ain't like that. On the outside, if they run a slant, you probably forcing them inside. But normally, they can kind of run deep, and that's what you kind of protecting yourself from. But in the slot, man, you got to go out the first down, the touchdown, the come up and tackle somebody, you're a linebacker. So it's, it's very hard, and you got to go out the shift to your guys. And the shift to your guy was uh, – the star player on their team, man. That's that's. I mean, that's a that's a tough ask. Um, but for us on deep, we just had to make some plays, and we just didn't. Vildor had to pick. Jackson had to pick. Normally, sure handed. And if you can come up with those plays, I mean, the game can be different. When you're playing Aaron Rodgers, you have to come down with them. All right, you let one go, no problem. They let three of those go. Two of those on back to back plays. Uh, Barkevius Mingo should have had one. I mean, it would have been a he tough one for sure. Yeah, I mean, it would have been tough to come down with it, but he, he should have had it. Um, you mentioned Roquan Smith. He left the game early with an elbow injury. He did not return, and, um, you know, I, I know you get on him for the, his uh, his coverage ability, DJ, but uh, you've seen a guy named Danny Trevathan just get exposed on that uh, – or at least at least his, uh, his coverage ability, more so his speed, to really me, got exposed on that play. It wasn't even that. Like, that had to me, that, that has to be a breakdown. Because if I'm in if I'm in there showing blitz, which means that I'm probably not coming, and when I drop out, I got to drop them on three, which means that there's probably a five-man blitz, a zone blitz. That means a safety is somebody supposed to be in the middle of the field, but we didn't get there. You're not going to – I don't care how good Trevathan is or how fast he would have been – Scatling can can scat. So it wouldn't have made any sense. If there was even a tight end, it wouldn't have made any sense. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get in here unless I know 
that either I have underneath or there's somebody that should be over the top. But it was like he's running out and it's like, oh, is is zero coverage and he's running out to a receiver late. It just didn't make any sense. It was the same way, um, I think, in the red zone when it was Woods. He was kind of – they got in behind him. And it seemed like they were trying to help out Duke Shelley. And it seemed like – to me, it seemed like Jackson was kind of working on his own. Like, I'm going to help you out. And I'm going to just leave somebody else to run free because I don't recognize them. So, I, I would I, – I'm not one that's sure what they said in the defense meeting room, but I, I would probably say that most of those Jackson not probably going where he was supposed to go because it just no defense in the world does. Because if it's zero, a like person guards a like person. If you're Jimmy Graham, I'm a linebacker, we guard each other. If you're um, Scantling and I'm a linebacker, it just doesn't mix. All oh, water don't mix, and I'm going over the top of that, and I'm staying over the top of it. Doesn't make any, it just didn't make any sense. And, and then you almost seen the same exact play. And like you said, this time the Bears had a lighter guy on. They had Duke Shelley on Scantling, and uh, Scantling dropped an easy six, an easy touchdown. And that was a, to start the second half. And that was Aaron Rodgers' first incompleted pass of the game, third quarter. That, I'm going to tell you, I learned a valuable lesson. Um, I forgot, I mean, it was maybe my first week. In Chicago, and I forgot what the receiver's name was. He was the fastest cat I've ever seen. And I'm playing in the slot, and normally when you're in the slot, you up closer. On the outside, you can get eight to nine yards and slow read it. But I'm in the slot, and he ran up on me so fast. Oh my God. Like you just turned around and was like, he gone. Like there's no, there's no recuperating this. And this is a situation for him. It's just like, you don't really realize how fast you realize how quick they are because they're just trying to get possession. They're getting routes and different things like that. But when you when you see somebody running at you just full speed and you're trying to backpedal and open up, and before you know it, it's like he missed it. Thank goodness. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yes. Um, so it is it, it'll it'll shock your system, man. Just because as a as a young player, like these are the things you're gonna go through, and then you realize like, okay. Well, this person is fast. He's going to run these type of routes um, because normally if Adams is in there, he's going to shift it a little more in and out. But with Scantling, you've seen it earlier. It happened to somebody else too. You got to be ready to. You got to be ready to run and not second guess yourself. Yeah, and you know that was almost equivalent to being a turnover for the Packers that play because that then forced third down. They didn't convert. They had to punt the football. What could have been an easy six, an easy touchdown. Uh, ended up being a drive uh, ending in a punt. So uh, that that right there, that that moment right there was the Bears' moment to to make a statement in the second half, and they just they just weren't able to do that. They end up losing the game thirty five to sixteen um, after a really impressive, a really uh, inspiring start to the game. Uh, they they really uh, fed uh, David Montgomery early. He ended up uh, missing a few plays due to injury. He comes back. Um, he ends the day with 22 carries, 69 yards, and a rushing touchdown. How about Darnell Mooney? Career highs for him, 11 receptions, 93 yards. He leaves the game with what looked to be a leg or ankle injury, and uh, he did not return. Uh, obviously, his status up to this point is still unknown, seeing as he was injured in the uh, fourth quarter of the game. Um, but, I mean, that's that's going to be a guy you're definitely going to want to have um, next week against the Saints, Trubisky complete a beautiful deep pass, 53 yards to 
uh, Darnell Mooney. Uh, you, you love to see that. It seems like he's able to get open, use that four three eight speed to get past defenders and, and make that big play. It's all whether or not the quarterback is able to get it to him, whether it be Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky. You see Trubisky able to connect with that, which was very promising. Oh, no, it was. Um, and I think – and the more and more I look at it, it's like – I see that he's able to do it, but I don't think we're, we just don't call it. Um, that was a play 53 yards in the air, under stress, got hit when he threw it. Um, these are things that you kind of just want to see. And when you see it, it's like, okay, well, we can do it. But most of the time, we don't run Mooney D. We're running Mooney short. He's going to get a lot of contact. You're a smaller receiver because Amos was trying to let him clean out. Um, so again, like here it is, like, why can't we just call the plays and do that? Um, Anthony Miller was, uh, he must be under punishment or something. He in timeout or something. Yeah. You he, see wins getting more targets than him. Now. Yeah. I'm like, wow. So, um, I didn't even see him out there. Um, he, he I don't know what he was just, a. He had a couple catches. He had a clutch catch on fourth down early in the game, but that was, that was basically it. Two catches, 13 yards for Miller. Yeah, so I guess going forward, if Mooney is there, I mean, he would be that guy. But, again, um, when you have capable capable receivers, we just have to make it happen and, and call the plays. And as the game went on, to me, even earlier, like after the first drive, it was like it, it's just predictable. It's like first down, play action, um, second down, we'll run it. Or if we ran it on first down, it would come right back, do the play action, same play out of the backfield. And if it's not that, it just it's just nothing. It's like there's no option for him sometimes. I think the worst play of the game was the fourth down call. We roll out to the short side of the field, and this is I think this is what you know the Bears have one last chance. It's still it's still five point game, fourth and one. You're five for five on fourth down. They converted five of them, and what they do at each of those five plays, they ran the ball on this sixth attempt. Go ahead, DJ. It was amazing. Well, they did the one with the play fake. But, again, when you roll out and you give your quarterback one option, because, I mean, it looked like, oh, he threw a bad pass. But, like, there's nothing I can do, like, other than me just putting my head down. And and the announcer just kept talking about it. Like, man, he can actually run. I don't know why he's scared to use his legs. It's like you can run, so step up and run. Until you figure out a way to get out here and get all these reads. Fourth and one, I spread you out. If I ain't got a quick pass, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to be disciplined on your rush lanes or something. Like it just that call was just like indicative of like the whole season. It's like, man, you got some momentum, like what? Like this is the call of the game. If you can get this, you can hold the ball, you can score. You can make something happen, but because we don't get that, then you touchdown, 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 even though the game never really felt close. But it, that was the play, and it just I'm just looking like, no, what? Like, it just didn't make any sense. No, no, it didn't. And, you know, when you're playing Aaron Rodgers, you hate, you hate to settle for field goals uh, going against Aaron Rodgers. And despite doing that, you're still in the game Late in the game, you know, it kind of got a little out of hand, but you, you were still in the game for the most part, even heading into the fourth quarter, even in into the fourth quarter. 
Um, but like you said, DJ, I think that was a play of the game right there. Fourth and one, you don't convert, you give the ball over, you don't score any points, you give the ball over to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, and be, the thing is you have to – I mean, it's just one of the most important calls because if you give it back, we don't have the DBs to run the defense that you need to run. We're not getting pressure that we need to get to get them to get it out fast. Because we we can't hold up anything in coverage, you can't trust anything. Uh, Chuck Bagana had to have the hardest job in the league where it's like, I want to hold in Rodgers with a full deck of cards and I only got a couple a couple of cards to play. Like he got all the spades, man, and I got a horse, and I'm like, I, there's nothing I can do. He's throwing out spades. I only got a horse to throw out. Um, and it was just interesting just to see, and this is like, man, even going in also, you would think, like, no, defense is fine. No, you're gonna have to have DBs and backup DBs. Um, and I think when this defense is really good, when you had a Mooka Mary, like older veteran guys that you can just depend on, like I can put you out here, and with these young guys going against really good teams, it's just gonna be a struggle, and they may grow into it next year, but you need to always have your plethora of DBs that you can run out there and be confident in making something happen because it we last couple of weeks you talk about it, these guys out, these guys out, but today you've seen it like those guys out. And it showed, I mean, it just showed big time. It did, it did. And uh, you know, unfortunately, the Bears do lose 35 to 16. Um, but the season's not over yet. They are going on the road nope. next week and they'll be playing the New Orleans Saints, a team that they easily could have beat um earlier in the season and that of course was with Nick Foles at quarterback so they're gonna have to do some different game planning for of course Mitch Trubisky now um Mitch Trubisky on the day uh, 33 of 42 252 yards one interception and you know it, it was one of those passes where you just go, you know, same old Mitch. You know, you, you tend to see that type of pass. I know he's trying to yeah, trying to make a big play. I think he's trying to force something. Um, if it wasn't picked off by Adrian Amos, I, I think that the linebacker, Christian Kirksey, could have had that. It was a pass intent to, uh, towards the tight end and uh, double coverage. But uh, Adrian Amos makes the play. And, uh, you know, Adrian Amos, man, the former Bear, he seems to always make plays. Uh, against the Chicago Bears. Uh, this time, you know, he, he comes in with that hard hit on uh, Darnell Mooney, knocks him out of the game. Now he comes up with the game-clinching uh, interception. I think that's his second interception against the Bears um, this season. So uh, uh, Adrian Amos uh, becoming a, a what they call a bear killer. Um, but, you know, DJ, uh, they now, now looking at I mentioned that pass. It was intended to, uh, I believe it was Cole Komet, not Jimmy Graham, but Cole Komet. Uh, th this is a guy that it, it seems like now as time goes on, he, he's really getting himself comfortable. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of people would expect him to maybe be like a deep threat uh, uh, of a tight end. But, uh, you know, you, you, we've seen him get the ball, you know, two, three yards down the field. And he's making plays with his feet, man. It, I mean, you see defenders – uh, try and tackle him, and it takes more than just one, two, three guys at a time. I mean, I, I kind of see a, a David Montgomery trait, and you know, you're not going to just get what you know one defender to bring this guy down. Well, yeah, he does look really good. He looks really athletic, but the problem is you're only giving him one option. I mean, even at um, Notre Dame, and he would get out of that, get out of the back. I mean, get out, out. I mean, in down the field and catch passes, and it's like when you only give him that one option. 
he gonna have to break a hundred thousand tackles. Everything is really short. So again, we have an offensive genius who has an offensive genius style offense. You come from Kansas City. Kelsey is the biggest part of that offense. So therefore, like, why does he not look like that? Like, why is he not spread out wide? Now does he come in um, and, and create matchups with linebackers? Because I'm sure there's no linebacker out there, especially not today, that's athletic as he is. So it just doesn't make sense. He's just a younger Jimmy Graham, but somehow Jimmy Graham gets to go down the field all the time. Figure out a way to get him involved because if you have a young quarterback who's struggling to do things, they always have a security blanket. Like young Tony Romo, you got Witten. Um, um, Drew Brees, he had Gates, and then he had Graham, and then Rivers had Graham. So you always have the young – You a young quarterback just needs that type of tight end. And we have it, but for some odd reason we don't use it. We have the receiver as a security blanket. But, again, the tight end, you're just going to have a mismatch all the time. Just give this cat a chance to get out and run because he can. That's right. That's right. And you, you definitely see it. I mean, uh, no doubt about it. Earlier in the year, uh, that, that nice touchdown grab he had against the Carolina Panthers. Um, and then you, you just see what he's able to do with the ball in his hand already. Um, let, let's target him down the field. You, you, I mean, we know what, uh, of course, Jimmy Graham is able to do, uh, you know, and, and it's worked. I mean, he's got eight touchdowns on the season. Um, you know, I think that's third or fourth most in the league in terms of uh, tight ends in the NFL. Um, so, you know, let, let, let's get the young guy more involved. And that's what they did today. At one point, he was the team's leading wide receiver until they targeted uh, Darnell Mooney a couple more times. Um, and, and while we talk about too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And while we uh, talk wide receivers and, and, rece and the receivers in this ball game, uh, DJ, let's welcome on one of your good friends of the show. He was on the show earlier in the year, and that's Earl Bennett. Earl, what's going on, man? <laughs> Not much. What's going on? Well, you know, it, it's a lot easier to talk about a Bears loss, Earl, when the Bears still advance to the playoffs, and uh, now they'll be playing the New Orleans Saints uh, next week. Uh, what was your takeaways from the big uh, the big game this afternoon? I mean, my biggest takeaway is that at the quarterback position, you're still struggling. You got a quarterback who can't push the ball vertically, uh, doesn't really set his feet, doesn't feel comfortable in the pocket. And as an offensive coordinator, you're not really uh, calling place to his, uh, his strengths. When you see him in the pocket, you know that either the ball is going to be underthrown or intercepted. And it's very evident when he's out on the road, he's still indecisive with what he want to do with the ball. Do he want to run it? Do he want to pass it? And I think you just have a, a, a shot quarterback. You have a guy that don't really understand what it takes to play the position and ultimately just got to carry a team. I mean, if you look at the past three games against Sixers, the Vikings, and the Jags, I mean, hell, anybody can go out there and play good against those three teams because, you know, they're struggling. They're looking for their identity both offensively and defensively. So you can pass that sheet. You can make a guy look great in those games. But when it comes down to the big games that really matter the most, you just don't show up. And that's when you need your star first-round quarterback to show up. Yeah. And for me, I, I would I would give you pushback on that a little bit. Because I just think it's I think he, he does struggle to throw down the field. Um but I think he did he did a bit one in the morning. He had one late to um what's 12th name? I can't even think of his name. Robinson. 
He had one good um, rivalry down the left sideline. Something it was perfect too. But it seems like it's more so the the coaches are scared to do anything. It's like they don't, they don't, they don't just don't try. Um, and we talked about it before you got on about the you know, whole fourth down situation. You roll him out, you give him one option. It's like you're not even giving him a chance to even do it. So my thing is like, well, he probably can throw it down the field, and sometimes he isn't accurate. But again, if you never give me a chance to do it, if I don't never practice it, you I mean how do you expect me just to perform in a situation where in the game is like all of a sudden throw down the field one time? When you're not even calling those plays, everything is a boot left, boot right, boot left, boot right, handoff, boot left, boot right. And that's the whole game plan. Um, and he does good doing that. But, again, like you're not even getting his legs involved. There's no spread the team out and let him pick and choose and just just run the ball sometimes to get his energies up. Because I think what it was his first or second year, he had what is about 500 yards rushing. He had nothing close to that since. So, again, it's like you have tools, and I'm not going to let you use them, and I'm going to call the game. Yeah, and I think it comes down to decision-making. If you look at the interception that he threw to Adrian Amos, I mean, it's double covered. It's really hard to get that bender route in the middle of the field when you have a linebacker that's sitting heavy in the middle, plus you have the safer over top. Then you go into the red zone where he just completely missed Robinson. Should have been another interception by King where they ended up getting three points. So, I mean, there are times that they give him those opportunities, and when they show up, he just looks very bad. He looks like a guy that don't really know how to read coverage, a guy that in practice, you know, that may have been there during practice, and this is the look we had. And you get into the game, it, it just don't work like that. You have to be able to go through your reason, go through your progression. So sometimes, yeah, you know, the offensive coordinator can do a lot more with allowing him to get out on the edge, do some of the uh, read options, uh, get in pistol formation. I mean, I, I like seeing the, the, the bigger back back there, but a lot of times it really just comes down to, A, does he have the IQ to do it? B, does he have the tangibles to actually throw the ball deep? And C, do he really want it? A lot of times when I see him play really good competition, like I'm, I'm skeptical to see if, if he really want that type of energy because, as I mentioned, those are the games you live for, DJ. You know it. I mean, you playing against Green Bay. This is for us to go to the playoffs. Granted, the Cardinals lost. You guys get in. But if they don't, then you're out. And this is a game you want to get up for. You want to say, hey, the last Allen, you guys smoked us. We filled the stat sheet at the end of the game. It looked good for us. But I got to get up for this game. I got to be ready to go. I got to carry the troops. And it just don't seem that way. But anytime he's playing against the Lions, the Jags, I mean, some of these lower teams in the NFL, the mediocre or the right uh, below average teams, I mean, he gets up to – but when it's the good supreme teams that you want your quarterback to wake up for and be like, hey, coach, I got us today, I, I don't know if it's there. Well, yeah. Well, I would say that, like – me and you play with Johnny now, right? And Johnny would he was fast and he ran down the field really fast. Yeah. With Mooney, you run them down the field once, but you treat them mm -hmm. almost like a short, I mean, out the backfield running back. So it's like to me, it's like, well, you have the pieces to actually do some stuff, but you just randomly will do it. And it just to me, it doesn't make sense. If I'm here to run fast, well, let me run fast then. <laughs> But you and know, I will agree. I will agree with you too. That sprint right option 
where you only have one read. You just have the slot guy. I mean, I I don't like that call on fourth down. I really don't like that play in general. Me being a former slot receiver, I think that's – I mean, you have some teams that still do it, but they do a really good job with, you know, allowing the, the, the number one or the outside receiver to either run like a pivot route or something. I mean, to have like that number two – but in that instance, either Jimmy Graham didn't know what was going on, or two, that's just the sprint right option that they run, and it's it's one on one. One guy got to win, and you're running a basically a one yard out with a man pressed on you. That's hard to win. Yeah. Again, you guys are tuned into the Chris and DJ show. I'm Chris Shanfell, East former Bear. To my right on the screen there, DJ Moore. On the bottom right, we got Earl Bennett, former Bears wide receiver, and. Joining us now is Jamin Elliott, former six-round pick of the Chicago Bears back in 2002, former college teammate of the Bears head coach Matt Nagy at the University of Delaware, also played with him at, in the Arena Football League as well. Uh, Jamin spent one year with the Chicago Bears in 2002, would go on to win a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots, and uh, also spent some time with the Atlanta Falcons as well. Jamin, appreciate you hopping on tonight, man. Um, Chicago Bears, your, your uh, former teammate Matt Nagy, uh, you know, an up and down season to say the least, but uh, he's got this team back in the playoffs. Yeah, two two out of the last three years, man. Um, it, it was it was ugly this year, um, but he found a way to get in, and, and that's what it's all about. You know, just get to the dance and see what happens from there. Everything starts over once you get in. So I'm proud of him, man. I know I know it's been a tough season for the for him. I know it's been a tough season for the team, um, but I'm just happy to see that um, the Bears get another opportunity to get to the playoffs. And you know, who knows, man? We'll see what happens when the when the, when the ball when the ball draw went uh, on the next on the next round, Earl. Last time we had you on the show, I, I wanted to pick your brain about Darnell Mooney, and this was uh, after the last Packers game, forty-one twenty-five. We know the game wasn't that close, but Earl, uh, today uh, Darnell Mooney a career day, eleven receptions, ninety-three yards. Uh, DJ mentioned a lot of these uh, dink and dump type passes. Let's see what he could do on, uh, with his feet, but he did have that fifty-three-yard uh, reception uh, late in the game. Um, you know, what have you seen from Darnell Mooney since the last time we spoke in Earl? I mean, it seems like he's really grabbed that um, number two wide receiver spot and, and it's his to lose now. Yeah, I think he's a very promising young wide receiver in the NFL, a dynamic guy that could really stretch the field. I mean, like no other, as you see tonight, he was able to, you know, push vertically, get the ball. His adjustment to it was phenomenal. When you have a player like that, you want to see what else he can do. So they start to incorporate him in some of the quick screen, his ability to make guys miss. At one catch on the sideline, he would have had a loss for two or three yards, was able to make three guys miss, and then Amos came with the big hit. So hopefully he's all right. But still, you see his shiftiness. You see he's able to push vertically. In year two, will he be able to make that next leap to be able to really uh, – precise his routes a little bit more, really refine him a lot more to be that number two wide receiver, uh, opposite side of Allen Robinson that he can be. Do I think he has it? Yes. Very shifty. Uh, does a great job with getting in and out of his routes. But I think to make that next leap, he has to refine his routes a little bit more. But I like the kid. Give him the ball. Let's see what he can do in space. I mean, his hands have been very reliable this year. You know, Miller had a few drops this season, but Hey, I, I like it. Leave him as your number two guy, build on him, and let's see what goes from there. And my, my big question for you, or even you, Jay Ellen, is just it just seems if you watch, it's just so predictable. Like mm -hmm. first down play action. <laughs> oh, you ran on first down. Oh, you know what? 
play action to the flat. It's like it's just I'm watching like there's no way, man. We gonna do it. yep, we gonna do it. Yeah, it is. There it is again. And to me, it's like as an off, I don't know who's calling him plays. If now he's just walking around shrugging his shoulders, man, because he ain't calling him plays or doing lasers, doing whatever. Like you can't be that predictable. And I, Eric, and, and vouch for this. When we was in college, on third down, they would run number two would run the out route. They would pick it off for a touchdown every time. Like what are we doing? We switched off as a coordinators, and guess what happened on on third down? They run out again. Like, like you ended to mix it up. Like why are we just so? Why are you just so? You just so predictable, man, on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and and I think and I think Nagy was brought in because of his offensive genius, right? But it's like for some reason, I, I love my boy, man. But I can be by and 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 I and I tend to lean towards him because that's my guy. But I but I know how to look at things objectively too, man. And I and I just think you know when when you're brought in to 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 bring to to bring a different kind of vibe to the offense to kind of to spice some things up and yet you're not doing it or, or you're not seeing it, then it's time. It, 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 the, all the criticism is, is, is deserved. You know what I mean? Like he, he's, he's brought in, he's, he's brought in to, 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 to change the offense up. But I think having the right guy back there um, to, to run the things that you want to run is important. And I'm not sure if Chicago has that right guy yet that, that runs the things that they need to run and, and run the type of plays they need to run. So, um, I, I think a lot of it is is on the on, on the coordinators and kind of putting 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 the player in the best position to kind of uh, and helping them do what he knows best and and kind of uh, what what that quarterback feels comfortable with doing. That's what the, that's what the offensive coordinator is going to do. He's going to run plays that the quarterback feels comfortable running. Um, but at the end of the day, you like you said, you you definitely got to be able to mix it up and, and not be so predictable because guys study man. This game we all know man. This game is 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 ten percent physical. The rest of it ninety percent is mental. You know what I'm saying, and and the guy's gonna pick pick up on those things really quick. So you're absolutely right, man. You got to be able to change things up for sure. So Jay, when you look at the quarterback situation, yep. and you have a guy like Mitch Trubisky who can run the ball, you, you you got a guy like Nick Foles who's less mobile, you know, but but can push the ball vertically more. What type of quarterback do you see fitting this system moving forward? I don't know. I, honestly, man, I, I think I think you 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 definitely need um, a quarterback that's gonna um, not not be a game manager, um, but you 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 got you definitely need a guy who's who's gonna be back there who's not gonna make a bunch of mistakes um, and, and and be able to keep the chains moving. And you know, Nick Foles, I think he's too safe, and 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 I think uh, you know Trubisky, he's he's a bit of a risk back there. So. I think you you need a you need a, a tweener guy. Um, I'm not quite sure exactly what type of guy you need, um, and I, I think that's 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 for the scouting department for the Bears to to, to kind of figure that out. Um, but I, but I definitely need a, a guy between that that that, that quarterback that can that's not afraid to to make big plays and throw it downfield. But you need a guy who's not going to be able to, uh, that that can manage the game and not turn the ball over either. So it, it's that's a tough one, Earl. Man, I wish I had an answer for you. Oh yeah, I call it the Nick the Nick Biscuit. Right. Um, even in the playoffs going forward, I would do that. Trubisky's starting to struggle. Yeah. Nick time, baby. Yep. <laughs> you yep. can't do that. We about good. Yeah. Yeah. Nick. Nick. Nick is gonna. He's gonna keep you in the game, man. Like he's not. He's not gonna do. He's not gonna give you that explosive play. Most of the time that that, that Trubisky can do, but 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 you know when when you when you 
when you when you when you're a quarterback that that can make that that explosive play, you're going to take more chances. You know what I'm saying? And when you take more chances, you open yourself up to to things going wrong. So it, it's, it's a tough balance that you find there um, between the two. Um, ho- hopefully, man, they, they can they can they can hit lightning in the bottle at some point and just get in and just and just ride the wave if they can, man. But uh, it's going to be tough for them, man. If, if like I said, we said you got two quarterbacks, you got none, right? Jamie, I think it was Bill Parcells who said, uh, you know, after a three-game losing streak, change is needed to a coaching staff. Um, the Bears this season went through a six-game losing streak before going on a three-game run and then obviously losing today against the Green Bay Packers. But now the team is in the playoffs, and a lot of people now the feeling is that Ryan Pace will be back, Matt Nagy will be back. Um, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll see what goes on with Mitch Trubisky and maybe what he's able to do uh, next week or if his – uh, if his future is already determined, but, um, you know, I, I mean, I remember I had you on, uh, after the hiring and you made the prediction, he's going to be coach of the year in three years. Um, it took him one year to win the uh, coach of the year. And, and since then it's been rough, a rough patch, uh, since then. I mean, uh, are you surprised to see how, uh, you know, how hot this thing has started and how it's kind of fallen since? Well, no, I mean, it's the NFL, man. I'm telling you, man, like, it, it that the wins and and the, all the success is it, fleeting. That's something you know. what I'm saying you go. There's gonna be a period in every coach's career where you're gonna go through times where things are not gonna go go the way that you expect them to. So, uh, but the ultimate goal is always to get to the playoffs. No matter how ugly it is, the ultimate goal is to get a win and get yourself in the playoffs and start over from there. Um, and he's been able to do that the last two out of three years, man. I would hate for Chicago to kind of make a decision that same decision like they did with Lovey Smith. Well, this guy was a ten and six coach, and he still got to let go. You know what I mean? Um, and 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 for you to bring in somebody else who's, you know, you, you don't know quite what he can do, but you take a chance on the guy. I mean, Nagy has proven the last couple of years um, that you know he can he can he can win and he can get his guys to the playoffs, man. And, and I said this from the beginning, Christian. If you remember, I said Nagy's gonna is only going to be as good as his staff. You know what I'm saying? If he get a experienced staff who who knows who's been in the league for a little bit. Um, who knows the system, who knows kind of how the NFL works, um, and he can kind of be that overseer type of guy, um, then I, I, I knew he would have success. Um, and, you know, and, I, and I'm glad that he took a step back with calling the plays and kind of handed those over to another person because that now he becomes more of that CEO type. And I think he'll be better in that role as a CEO type rather than, you know, him being in the mix and, and kind of calling plays because, you know, it, it, it'll put a lot more pressure on him. So, uh, I'm proud of him, man. Um, but like I say, it, it's the NFL is not for long, man. It, and you're only as good as your last game. So you got to keep grinding. You got to keep doing what you got to do. I'm proud of him. Well, my thing, and I'll push back on that one because I ain't with him. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I mean, I think he's okay as a coach. He's okay as a, a leader, it seems like. He, yeah. He reluctantly gave the role up of play calling at, at the end of the week to um, me was to prove that, hey, it ain't just me, this team sucky. Yeah. Um, the team that he helped put together. But my call well, my calling card is calling plays. My calling card is being the offensive genius, and my offense ain't good. Like, you know what? I, I I brought you here for this particular reason though. Like, how can I retain you if you're doing something like you're not doing what I need you to do? And it is every week, another week, a good team. Offense can't do nothing. Another week, offense can't do nothing. 
We finally started running the ball. Oh, now mine's a good team. Now we can't do nothing again. Like if you are an offensive genius, man, that's what that's what it is, man. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't tell me you're a genius and yeah. <laughs> then pull the, pull the rug off on me like nah, only Aladdin get to ride this rug. Like, come on, man. Right. No, no, I, I agree with you, man. Like at the end of the day, it's about performing. If you're not performing, you don't need to be in your position. But at the end of the day, you got to think about his team. The Bears are still in the playoffs, man. You know what I'm saying? We, you're still in. You know what I mean? You're not sitting home. You're, you're getting a chance to compete in the dance. You're so, right. You're right. Two, two out of the last, two out of the last three years, you got that. You know what I'm saying? So, but I, but I get it though. You, you've been brought in for a certain job, and if you're not doing that job, we know you need to be out of there. You know what I'm saying? We, we, I understand that. But at the end of the day, if you're still giving your chance, a team a chance in there, and, and you got your team a chance in there to compete for a championship. That's all you can ask, and you go from there. Now, if, if it continues to happen for multiple years after that, okay, then we may need something different. But I think in year three, I think you get, his, I, I think you definitely give him a little bit more time, man, to just kind of see what he can do and, and see what type of role he can play. Andy Reid had to do that at some point. Andy Reid let Nagy call plays. And you see how Nagy got a job the last seven games of the, uh, of, the, of the Chiefs season. Nagy went on the run, got the Bears job. You know what I'm saying? Andy Reid was calling plays. He let up the reins. He's known as an offensive genius. Am I right? Well, yeah, right. well, go, go ahead. You go ahead on that one. I, no, I, you can't. You just like he Andy Reid, and then I'm mad. You like, you know what? But I'm saying, some, sometimes you got to relinquish the role, man. You know what I'm saying? It, especially yeah. at, the, at the head coach position, man. You can't do it all. So, I mean, and, and I get that's what he was brought in for, but he, he's learning on the fly. You know what I'm saying? This is his first stint as a coach, as a head coach in the league. So he's learning on the fly. And then if this if this is something that can help their team and kind of propel them to the next level, he has to take a step back. That's something that he has to do. But I but I but I hundred percent agree with you, man. If you're not doing the job that you're supposed to do when um and that they brought you in for, absolutely you need to be out there. But give them time, man. I'm telling you. I I, I I'm gonna ride for my guy, man. It it, it it ain't nowhere. That's just what we do. Um, and he's proven to do it the last two or three years to get, get the boys in the playoffs, man. Now it's going to get to a point where, all right, getting to the playoffs is is, is one step. you got to advance in the playoffs. And once he can continue to prove to that, then, you know, it's still going to be up in the air whether he, he's, he deserves to be in Chicago or not. That's can right. somebody remind me of the Bears record last year? 88. 88. Yep. yep. This year, again, you're 88. So my question is, is an eight and eight coach sufficient in Chicago? Even if you make the playoff, is eight and eight still sufficient? Go back to 2013, a 10 and six coach get fired and he don't make the playoffs. So I think for me, when I look at this coaching staff, is eight and eight good enough? I mean, it's good enough to get you in the playoffs this year, didn't get you in last year. Me personally, I don't think this, uh, this this culture regime is right. I think you got to make changes across the board. When you look at it offensively, you don't know what to call. I mean, you, you're calling the same play action pass flat. You're calling the same slant routes. You're calling the same uh, stick routes. You're doing the same thing offensively, and all these teams are going to let you run it. They're okay with giving you four and five yards every down. They're okay with allowing David Montgomery to get his yard rushing. 
because they ultimately know that you can't push the ball down or you just won't try to push the ball down the field. And they're like, all right, we're just going to sit back and, and, and watch score seven and you score three. It's kind of like the Warriors, you know, in the past couple of years, they'll give you two, but they're going to get three. And so when I look at this scene moving forward, I mean, it's hard for me to say that Neg is the, the guy for this, this team. Defensively, Pagano, they've even taken a step back. They're middle of the pack defense now. So I I don't see this being the, the coach that they need in, in terms of getting them to that next level. And obviously there's some spots that need to be filled and some improvement needed, but I just don't see it. Well, I, I, de- I definitely think that the coach is one 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 part of it, but the quarterback is also another another part of it too. And in, in order for you to open the playbook up and, and run more plays, you got to be able to trust the quarterback too. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just that's think that's one guy. Right, right, right. And, and, I, and I get it. Um, and like I say, at the end of the day, man, if, if you're not doing your job, you don't need to be there. But I'm just saying, I would hate to fire a guy that got you in the playoffs two of the last three years. You know what I'm saying? Like, now you go what? Now you're searching. Who's going to be that next guy that's going to get you there? Do you take a step back? Are you willing to take a step back, or do you want to continue to build? So that's going to be the next, you know, that that the dilemma that they're going to ha- that they, they might have. But um, I think at the end of the day, man, this guy's only in year three. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's other coaches that have way longer leashes. There's some coaches that have shorter leashes. You know what I'm saying? I just say give the guy a, a chance to kind of continue to develop. And like I say, in, in, in the next year, next two. If he's not, if, if if things don't change and things are not the way they are, then you start looking to another direction. But I, I, I continue to, to 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 believe in the guy, to trust in the guy, and we'll see what happens from there. Well, see, this Steve Wilkes was fired out the first season. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, well he was those too. Yeah, let's let's be clear. It's a black. It's just this is what it is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like that's true. <laughs> he got five or can't have to lose the season in college, but whatever. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> the, the thing that just funny to me is like, like we got other young coaches too in the league that's making hay with, like on the other sideline. Not the fools out here. Like, we can't stop it. And Roger don't seem like nobody can because of the offensive plays that he's calling. But he I mean, has Aaron Rodgers. Wait, but he has Aaron Rodgers though, DJ. Man, listen, listen. I'm telling you, he had to. They brought you here because you said I can work with this little dude right here that went to college for played only about ten games. I can work with him. Right. Like that's what they brought you here for. Right. I can fix all that. Right. And he really gave me the plays, and then I went to playoff, and then I messed all that up again. I'm good. So I'm under Andy Reid. Tree his apple drop hit me on the head. I got the same. We I can do the same stuff. Right. You got a fast receiver. You got some tight ends. You got mm-hmm. the possession guy. You you got the pieces. I'm assuming. Yeah. It seems like you can't call the play. You can't be creative. Right. You're the guy that's going on fourth and one. You're going to roll out, roll out to the short side of the field and run an out route. And if I'm the DB, there's no other way you can even go. Right. How can you be creative? Even when you're looking at Green Bay, the plays kind of look the same. Oh, they doing a little boot, and they do this, and then they do this, and then they put you in a situation where. Why is a linebacker on the receiver running full speed down the middle of the field with no safety? Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we're not creating those mismatches with the play calling. Right. Why we're not one on one? Why we got to throw them double coverage? Because you haven't called a play creative enough to know what to get missed and know what they're in. The good thing about Rodgers is he gonna know what you're in. He gonna smile at you like I know what you're in. Mm-hmm. Damn, you know we in. Well, you gotta do it now. Just go and play. 
figure it out. Yeah. But again, we just not even, and I, I'm talking to Chris all the time about Patterson. He's in the backfield. But all you got to do is motion him out if you keep a linebacker or somebody else on him. Like, there's a mismatch. There's a mismatch, right. That is right. like, what are we, like, you just, I mean, I get it. He can run, but like, just try something new, man. Yeah. But it's just the guy, man. I get it. You know what I mean? When yeah. y'all, Y'all were wait, 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 you, 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 you guys, you guys, uh, uh, I got a, I got a 3000 foot view of it. So I don't, I don't sit there and watch them every, you know what I'm saying? Every series, every down, I don't watch, um, for the most, I follow from afar. Right. I just I, I check it out. But yeah, so, but, but you guys are in <laughs> stupid, but, 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 but y'all are there. Y'all, y'all see it every week. You know what I'm saying? So you 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 got more of that end up knowledge of the squad. I got an overview of everything, and I, I'm just looking at it from a from a from a bigger perspective. And and I, and, and I know it's Chicago, man. The expectations are always going to be high, no matter what. And, and and you never settle. And I and I and I understand that. You know what I'm saying? I just say just give just give them some a little bit more time. If it, if you if you don't show up by next year or the, or the year two, I get it. Let them go. You know what I'm saying? But I I I, I just believe in my guy because I. I I play with him. I've been around him. I know what type of person he is. I know what type of guy he is, and I I I, I believe he's that guy that, that that's gonna that's gonna continue to push forward and, and and take the best to the next level. But he has to prove it himself. I can't believe it. He has to prove. It. So we talked about the offense. Oh. Yes. So, oh no. So I was just gonna so, say. Uh, go ahead, Earl. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> that's the roundtable, man. We're so, live. We're live. That's the roundtable for yes. you. Yes. So my, my question to you is anytime a a team fire a, a head coach like a, a Mike McCarthy, are, are they looking to to be the same and be stagnant or are they looking to improve? No, oh, they look they look you're right, they're looking to improve. You they're looking to improve. Yeah. So when you so when you look at the fire of Mike McCarthy and you bring in LaFleur. What was the Packers record last year? I think it was 13 and 3, right? Correct. I think we lost. 13 and 3, right? Uh, yeah, 13 and 3. 13 and 3. His first season, right? Went to the division your first year there. Obviously, people say you got the ace card, you got Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers played terrible last year. That was probably his his like worst season as a professional quarterback. And then you come into year two and what's happening? LaFleur wins the division again. So we can talk about time, but in certain areas, you have the pieces already there. The Chicago Bears already had the pieces there. I mean, they had the best defense in the league. We've seen what defensive end uh, could, could do. We, we've seen Khalil Mack just wreck and just take over games. And so for me, when I think about time, I look at the Green Bay Packers. I look at Coach LaFleur. I look at his first year they win. I look at the second year they win the division. And now I'm looking at Chicago Bears, all right? All right, the first year, spectacular year. You know, do great. They win it. Second year, down year, 8-8. Next year, 8-8 again. And so it's the time up. If you ask me, I say, yeah. I mean, because you're looking to, like, you want that, like, incremental, like, improvement every single year until you finally get to that, you know, that, that crescendo space of, hey, we're, we're mobbing. We're competing with Green Bay every single year. We're going to make sure that, 
hey, we don't care if you got Aaron Rodgers. We got Khalil Mack. We got Kyle Fuller. We got this stud defense that's going to shut him down. And when I look at it now, you, you just don't have that that uh, cohesiveness on the defensive side. And now it, it's starting to show. And offensively, there's just not a rhythm there. There's no identity. You're trying to figure things out as you go. And it's hard to compete against really good teams, no matter even if they got a second-year head coach. Wait, but think, but think about this too, Earl. You know, how how, how many Matt Lafleur's are there in the NFL? Seems like a lot. Of a few. It's not. I mean, for every Matt Lafleur, there's, there's always another. There's always another guy that 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 haven't before. You know what I'm saying? To what your expectations were. You know what I'm saying? And and yeah. and, and, and on the defensive side, I think Pagano missing, losing Pagano was big. I mean, you you got you got a defensive coordinator that, that's that's now. A head coach of, a, of an NFL team right now, you know what I'm saying? And he, he he had that quality where, you know, you know he he was he was a leader amongst men. Um, and you know when you lose somebody like that, you're going to take a step back defensively. Um, and I I, I definitely I, I definitely think it's, it's, it's up to Nagy to bring in the right guy, um, to fill that spot. Um, and and, and right now I don't, I don't know uh, who who's the defense coordinator now. It's Pagano. It's Pagano. Pagano. You know. Mm-hmm. The, the current, the current, the current. Yeah, Pagano, Fangio, yeah. Uh, Fangio is the one that moved. Fangio, down. that's what I mean. Fangio, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, for me, for for me, man, I I I don't know, man. I, I just think he he has to be the CEO of the organization, and, and like I said, everything uh, you're right, everything falls on him. He has to get the right the right crew in there. Um, I I just think it, it, it'll take some time for him to do it. I just believe in my guy, man. Look, I'm gonna ride for my guy, fellas. You know <laughs> hey, look, you you guys got the insight. You guys are, are, are you know see it every day. But I I know, but I know what type of person this guy is, and I know what type of winner this guy he and what if given the opportunity and 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 continue more time, I think he's gonna be where he needs to be, man. Like I say, two years in the playoffs. I mean, not some coaches don't even get an opportunity to to, to in their first three years make the playoffs in the first three. So I, I think that's a a, a feather on his cap, and I think he's a, a victim of his own success too. I think coming out the gates, you know, at, uh, you know, with the high expectations, he came out twelve and four, one rookie, uh, coach of the year, all those different things. Now, now I think he's a, you know, I think he had too much success too soon. You know what I mean? I actually called it, Christian. You know, within the first three years, I said within the first three years he would get there. I, I didn't know he was gonna get his first year. You know what I'm saying? Now the expectations are super high, and now if you're not living up to those expectations, especially in Chicago. Where the, where the expectations are through the roof, then your leash is a lot shorter. Uh, so I, I get the outrage. I get, you know, people not seeing a different, uh, you know, seeing progress. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, uh, you just have to get give my man a little bit more time, man. I promise you, man, he'll he'll he, he gonna deliver. So let me so ask DJ. you. Guys, sorry, Earl. So you guys, you guys were the professionals. You guys were in the locker room. Um, you know, I'm just I'm just a fan. Uh, but I've seen the Bears and the Mark Trestman era, and the second year of that, before they let Trestman go, they let the GM Phil Emery go. Um, that was probably the most embarrassing uh, season I've seen, I've gone through as a fan, uh, in, including the year where they go 3-13 and 13 and end up drafting Mitch Trubisky in the first round. This was even before that. Um Again, these are, are paid professionals, but it, it almost looked like that team in 2013 under Mark Tressman quit. It looked like they quit. Is it, a, is it a testament to this coaching staff that despite going on a six-game losing streak, um, 
you know, they, they were able to kind of come together, get things figured out, win three in a row, and now make this playoff appearance. DJ, I'll go with you first. Looks like you got something to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, you know what I mean? But again, when people in the league just know, like, when you play against a good team, you're bad. When you play against bad teams, your defense is pretty good and your offense does enough. Um, we, we'll talk about uh, Nagy doing, you know, the 12 and 4 coach of the year, but his offense ain't did nothing since he's been in the league. Because the defense has been so good, it has always been about defense, 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 offense do just enough. And we're bringing you to Chicago because the team, your robbery team, and had the Bart Stars and the Ann Rodgers and the Brett Falls, and you've had quarterback after quarterback after quarterback after quarterback after quarterback, and you're brought in to do that. You're brought in to secure that quarterback position so we can take the lead in this in this division, and it just hasn't happened. Like, I don't know what his numbers were the first year or the offensive rank the first year, but. Now, I'm sure it didn't went down every year since, but his offense has has not. It just hasn't been good. And to me, even, even the Arizona, and I know they lost and they out of the playoffs, but their offense, it always seemed like they were scoring a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Those young quarterbacks are coming, the young coaches are coming in, bringing the college and the high school style offenses, they're scoring points. Yeah. Like, how can we score points? And to me, just consistently against good teams, you're just not gonna. You're just not gonna score points. So I don't. I don't know. But I guess. I mean, you. 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 You relinquished the play calling, and you did what you're supposed to do. And Bill Lazor called bad plays against Green Bay the first time and the second time, and in between with against Jacksonville and against my mama's them team. Give <laughs> <laughs> you credit for playing against bad teams. You know what I mean? So. Man, you beat the team you're supposed to. We added another playoff team. You got in. Man, ain't no t- – you'll probably go in and beat uh, beat the Saints because the Saints always do something weird in the playoffs. I don't know what it's going to do, be, but they go – they'll be up 50 to nothing. They'll end up losing 51-50. Um, so, I even think we may even win. So, But still, it just it just doesn't seem right to me. Right. Like, just points. How do we get points? And we just can't. We just his play calling hasn't hasn't been it. Yeah, against good teams and everybody else play calling has been about the same. Yeah. I think when you look at it, the 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 previous three games, uh, the Jaguars have the first pick in the, in the upcoming NFL draft. The Houston Texans would have had the third pick in the draft, but they got rid of. Uh, they traded for Larry Tunsil. And so they, you know, had to get that pick to the Dolphins. And then the Minnesota Vikings have a 14 pick in the NFL draft. So those three teams that you just beat are at the absolute bottom of the NFL. It's easy to run up against those teams, especially late in the season, because everybody's ready to go home. We're not making the playoffs. We understand that, hey, I'm just trying to finish this season uh, not injured. Right, you have a lot of players that know I'm not trying to be here in the offseason. I'm not trying to rehab in the offseason. All right, you guys are gonna beat us 41 to 10. You guys have scored 39 points on us. That's fine. I'm healthy, I'm good, I'm ready to go. And these are the conversations that you have in the locker room. I can recall playing against the Detroit Lions one year that they knew they wasn't going to make the playoffs. And the cornerback uh Phillips looked at me and he goes, Hey man, it's a run play. Just just put your hands on me. Just come on, run all the way back. And so we had this game to where 
it was like, all right, I'm going to take care of you. You take care of me. And we're going to get out of this thing injury-free. And so when you look at the Bears, those three previous, previous games, all those teams knew they weren't going to the playoffs. So it's easy to run up the scoreboard, easy to score a lot of points on them and look good and feel the stat sheet and say, hey, you know, Mr. Bisky, another year, Matt Nagy, he's rolling. All right, we got these play calls going. And then you run into a super team, or not even really a super team, just a, a team, uh, a bunch of guys that, you know, is it, put together that's really to, you know, show you what an NFL team looks like and what it takes. And, I mean, you drop an egg. You don't come out. You're, you're not up for this game. So I think when you look at the team, when you look at the locker room, there are some guys that, hey, if you're going to make a run in this playoff, you got to get up, man. You got to get ready to go. Like, you got to strap your – up and it's it's time to go hit somebody in the mouth. Hopefully, Alvin Kamara won't be able to play this game, and you know th- they'll still be stuck with Ty Montgomery. But even still, they still scored thirty some points against uh, you know a fairly decent Panthers defense. When you're playing in the playoffs, everything is faster. DJ will tell you it, it's different. Guys are ready. You, you gotta go. It is go time. Jay will tell you it's the speed changes tremendously. Like. Everything happens so fast that it's so hard to really remember the last play. Like, you don't have time. It, it, it's, 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 it's unreal. So if the Bears are going to make some noise in this playoff, they got to go down to the dome. They got to put up some points. And listen, they got to push the ball vertically because Marshawn Lattimore is going to play man-to-man. Janoris Jenkins, man-to-man. That's what they do. They're going to have Williams over the top but you still have to be able to force the ball downfield if you want to win. Uh, let me ask you guys this. What, what what quarterback you think, I mean, just from viewing all season, man, what quarterback you think sh- should be in there if the quarterback, the right quarterback for this playoff game? For me, and just quick and short, Trubisky's going to start. Nick Foles, if he starts, he looks shitty. So don't start him. Just right. bring him off the bench. Right. Right. If he starts to struggle, that's the playoffs. I mean, I think that's what Nick – those were built for coming off the bench, kind of like mm-hmm. um, the guy with the Dolphins. I can't even think of his name. Oh, no. Fitzpatrick. 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 Yeah. Um, but again, honestly, it's, just, it's the playoffs, man. Um, yeah. It's the team that you played good against the first time winning the overtime and where everything kind of unfolded for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, both guys up. It ain't no, hey, man, you're going to stay in the game because you were the starter. Nah, these the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You're struggle. You got to get out of here. No doubt. I may bring you back, so you need to keep your chin up. And then you get with me, it's going to A wildcat. Yeah. <laughs> I think you go in this game with uh, uh, a heavy dose of Montgomery. I think you go in this game with a, a heavy dose of, of screen plays, really to get the balls out of whoever hand you know is that quarterback. But it would be interesting to see those two guys rotate series. I mean, they talked about it and hit it a, a few times, but I'd like to see you know the first quarter kind of rotate the guy, see who got the hot hand, and that's who you go with. If you go into this game with Mr. Trubisky, Cam Jordan is going to have a field day. And the reason why he's going to have a field day because he understands the type of quarterback that Mitch is. He knows that he isn't comfortable in the pocket. He likes to get out. So he, he's going to be fired up and ready. That defensive line that the Saints have, I think is the, the best defensive front, aside from the Washington uh, football team, 
that that that's really there. And, and Washington football team, their defense in front of all first round, and those guys really get after it. So mm-hmm. I, me, if if I'm the head coach, I'm going into this game saying I'm gonna sit the guys down, and say, hey, listen, Mitch, you're gonna get the first series. Nick, you're gonna get the second. We're gonna rotate you guys. Whoever got the hot hand going into the third, I mean, going into the second quarter or third quarter, that's who we're gonna ride with. Yeah, you know, and to, to your point, Earl, I mean, this Saints defensive line had five sacks on Nick Foles in the team's last meeting. Of course, the Bears lost in overtime 23-20. to 20. Um, To answer your question, Jamin, I, I think I'm rolling with Mitch. I, I think he's shown me this season more than what Nick Foles has shown me, minus that uh, second half from the Atlanta Falcons game. And uh, you, you, although they kept it close that first matchup, I, I feel like, uh, you know, th- this offensive line, they- they've picked it up recently. I, I feel like early, I mean, that-, that Saints defensive line is arguably the top in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not only do they have uh, 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 the-, 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 the star pass rusher that, that you uh, named, I-, I don't know why I can't think of his name, but they also got Trey Hendrickson, who's up near the top of the league in sacks. I mean, a lot of people don't even realize who that, that player is, but he, he's a, a star-studded second-year player out of Florida Atlantic. I mean, um, David Anyamata, I mean, this this is a, a very seasoned defensive line going up against a, a very young and a very not-so-good Bears offensive line. So I, I'm going to try to use Mitch's feet as a weapon and uh, ho- hope that, uh, you know, he could escape those guys and make some plays on his feet. I know we really haven't seen it here the, the last three, four years, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's the playoff and I feel like that yeah. gives you your best chance is Mitch yeah. Trubisky and not, not so much Nick Foles. Okay. Yeah. I'm just worried about uh, the Mario Davis and Quan Alexander. I mean, when you see those two guys at the linebacker position, they fly around and I mean, we just don't have that sturdy quarterback that's able to take on, you know, that punishment for no type of, you know, linebackers. And so I, yeah. I do like to like starting the game off with Mitch. Let's see what happens. Let's try to give him to push the ball just a little bit more than he did this week, because when he's really when he's on, he's on. Right. But when he's off, it, it looks very bad. And then you get back into that that simpleton play calling as in, you know, you're just running a boot, just trying to get it out of his hand, get it into the playmaker's hand. And teams start to see that and they just kind of sit back like, Okay, we'll give you the five yards. We'll give you the six yards. But we're not going to give you these 10-yard completions when you go to, you know, really try to push the ball downfield. And as you saw, when he tried to push the ball down the field, I just, there should have been at least three or four interceptions this game. Yeah. And they dropped a lot of them. But it's hard to really, you know, it's hard to beat teams, and especially, Jay, you know, in the playoffs, if you cannot yep. push that ball vertically, it's yep. I mean, those teams, they, they get on you quick. They, they yeah. start sending those send guys back, and, and those pass rushers, they, they get out. Yeah. And, and, it, and it all comes back, I think, man, it always it all always come back to having a quarterback that you can trust, man. I just think that the staff doesn't trust either quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, so mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, it's, just, it's just tough to kind of to have consistency at that position, man, and, and, and put and string together consistent wins without um, having that trust in your quarterback, man. So – uh, hopefully, man, uh, you know, hopefully if, if in the next couple of years, the Bears can kind of bring in a guy or somebody to challenge, man, for the for the spot and, and, and earn a job, man, and somebody that they can earn their trust. And then that's when I think that's when you'll start to begin to see that next level and that next move. Um, so in, in, in my in my opinion, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think, man, it's a, it's a catch 22 for me because. 
let's say Nagy brings this guy in and he drafts him first round and this guy just don't pan out. Now you're stuck with another first round quarterback. And I mean, it, it sets you back another five years as we see what, what's going on with Mitch. But I mean, hopefully he gets guy, he comes in and that's it. And you roll with him for the next 10, 12 years, you know, hopefully, you know, win Super Bowls with him. But it, it's just tough looking at it right now because when you look at, you know, the, the NFL draft, I mean, if you're not in those top five top picks, picks right. yeah, it, it it drops drastically. I mean, you're looking at Kyle Trapp, you're looking at Mac Jones. And me personally, I don't think either one of those guys will, will fit the bill that the Chicago Bears need to, to yep. be that guy to come in and, you know, push the, the yep. uh, organization forward. I mean, Trevor Lawrence and, and – uh, Justin Fields are, are generational players, and you can't get those two guys. And it, it's gonna be tough. Maybe you get a guy like Carson Wentz, hopefully to resurrect his career in the offseason, or you try to get you know, maybe the Dolphins want to get rid of Tua. But even with Tua, I don't think he's the guy that, that could help the yeah. Chicago Bears because he's you know, he's a game manager, he, he's not gonna push the ball downfield, he's gonna take what the defense gives him, and, and that's what's not what you need in Chicago, yeah. Yeah, and you know when, when you look at you know, do I really want to put trust in Ryan Pace to to grab a quarterback in the first round once again? I don't know. I feel like Matt Nagy already had his chance with bringing his guy Nick Foles in the offseason, so that's kind of an indictment there. Um, but there's no doubt about it. I mean that that's gonna be the big question this offseason. I mean reports this morning Matt Nagy's job does seem to be safe. He'll be back in Chicago next year. All signs point to that. Ryan Pace still up in the air expectation is that he'll be back. Um, but the big question mark on this team is the quarterback situation. I mean, uh, Nick Foles, he, he's already got his guarantee money set in place. The expectation <laughs> is he'll be back next year. Hopefully in that backup role, Mitch Trubisky, he'll be a restricted free agent. Other teams will be able to offer him and the Chicago Bears will uh, be able to decide whether or not they want to match their offers if there is any on the table. Um, so there's no doubt that that's going to be the number one concern in the offseason is addressing the offensive line and getting that quarterback situation uh, uh, right. Yeah, well, for me, and, and it is all about, like you said, all about the quarterback position. But when he came in, he said he would draft a quarterback every year, pull the Bill Belichick thing. Well, he hasn't drafted the quarterback every year. Because if you do, you can run into a situation where you can get a Russell Wilson third or fourth round or that Prescott. And for me, it's like when you draft them in the first round, it's like they hit a miss with third and fourth. It's like, eh, it may work out. But, again, if they don't, no pressure on you. So, again, my thing will be drafting person every year. But if it's in the first round, if you're going eight and eight, it's going to be really late. You either got to tank the whole thing and try to get a whale up there with a generational quarterback or either get somebody in the offseason, which I think there will be a lot of veteran quarterbacks on the market. And that has seemed to work. Of late, um, would you want to do that? Would you get to run a quarterback every other year? Um, but again, for me, man, third, fourth round, we can just draft quarterbacks until something, something, yeah, something has to happen. Because if you can get lucky and get a Mahomes, because nobody knew Mahomes was going to be like that, they was right. probably going to be good. And all of a sudden, he's really good. You just didn't see that. Right. Um, so again, if you can get lucky enough and just get a quarterback, as a matter of fact, if you can get two of them. Get one and then trade another. Do something. Everything is, is just around making sure that you have a quarterback who can throw the ball. And if you got two of them, you can trade away to get all kind of other players as well. So whatever you do, focus on that. Get the quarterback. So for me, 
Do you bring Trubisky back? I don't think so. But if you want to play our game, you may force his hand to come back. They mm-hmm. because you got to bring in somebody. Um, I like Derek Carr myself. It don't seem like Jalen Gruden like him at all, but I think he's awesome. Um, so there's some guys I think that'll be in the open market that you can get that probably got a lot of tread on their tires, man. That can and, and res- resurrect their career in Chicago and, and, and make something happen. So Earl, Jamin, really appreciate you guys' time. One last question for me, and then I'll let you guys go. I, I really appreciate you guys hopping on here tonight. Again, Bears lose. 35 to 16, but they do advance to the playoffs. Exactly. They'll be seeing the New Orleans Saints next week in New Orleans uh, for the uh, wild card round of the playoffs. But so, you know, DJ, you mentioned uh, Derek Carr as a possible name to, to, to uh, pursue in the offseason. Earl, you brought up Carson Wentz. Maybe the Eagles sounds like he, he wants to move on from them. Uh, of course, he does have that heavy contract. The, the cap space goes down, though. The, the pandemic, the pandemic hit. Caps, it's going to affect the uh, cap space. A lot of money is spent on this defense, you guys. Uh, I mean, for this defense to allow nearly 30 points now the last five games of the season, for you two specifically being wide receivers, what are you guys seeing on this defense? Why are they struggling all of a sudden? It seems like the offense finally gets some things going. They're scoring, uh, you know, 30 or more points in a game uh, four straight weeks, and now the defense – is allowing nearly 30 points a game. I mean, uh, for, for a defense that has a lot, lot of money uh, put, uh, put on this, uh, put on the defense, Robert Quinn in the offseason, $70 million contract. Uh, of course, we know what Khalil Mack, over $100 million contract over seven years when he got traded here. Uh, you got Kyle Fuller. I think he's due close to $20 million next year. Uh, not to get in guys' pockets or anything. Eddie Jackson has, has kind of had a disappointing season. For the season, uh, for the contract that he signed, um, you know, you got all these star-studded names, a lot of money put into them, and uh, you know, you, you don't have too much money now to spend in the off-season. Specifically, if you're looking to add one of those veteran quarterbacks who could be available. Um, but Earl, Jamin, Earl, I'll go to you first. I mean, just for this defense and the the, the disappointing outing that they've shown the last month and a half. I mean, what what have you seen out of it? I think when you look at this defense, I think it's evident that they just old. I mean, the guys are getting older. You're not as explosive as you used to be. You you don't really have that the extra push. I mean, Akeem Hicks, he's been so many injuries uh, the past couple of years that it starts to wear and tear on the body. And he's no longer that dominant. Yeah, he's a real good, solid player, but he's not playing up to, you know, his expectations, in, in my opinion. Cal Fuller, you know, he, he's one of those savvy vet corners that, you know, he, he does well in off coverage, but when it comes to man, this is not what he do. And in Pagano off uh, defense, they've been leaning more towards, you know, more man to man. And so when I just look at the entire team the, from a defensive standpoint, I think it's time to reorganize it, start focusing a little bit more on the offensive side, put some money on that side of the ball. Because defense used to win huge championships, but now if you can't go out and score 30, 40 points a game, not going to have a chance as we just saw you know today the Packers put up 30 points that's the ball game and uh, and on their defensive side of the ball they're they're not they're not getting paid like the Chicago Bears you know and if you want to be you know aggressive I mean you, you got to trade somebody you got to get rid of you know one of the one of the key cogs on your defensive side of the ball to create some more space to really cement your offense a little bit more 
and and I'll and I'll defer to Earl. Um, like I say, I I haven't been following as 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 much. You know, I've been following kind of the league as a whole. Um, so I trust you guys' judgment in, in, in regards to what the what what they need. Um, uh, DJ, you you you're that you're, you're that defensive guy, man. What do you think, man? <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it's you have to get better on offense because you can't with the, with the way that the rules are made. Um, you, I mean, your defense can only be so good. So again, in the playoffs, I just need you to make plays. If it's a goal line stop or the critical third down, just make that play. But my offense needs to be really good to so where we can actually score points. Mm-hmm. If we need to make a stop, we make it. Um, today you seen. DBs were hurt, and nobody was able to be guarded. It was it was rough. And I was talking to um, Chris about being in the situation. Uh, Earl, what was the cat's name, man? Um, we when I was in Chicago, he was a uh, smaller. I think he was number fifteen, real fast. He always talked about the trucks and stuff. Real number wild, man. huh? Sam, no, Sam heard. No, 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 no. He was real fast, like fast, fast. Um, Wildcat too. I forgot his name though. But yeah, I remember I, doing <laughs> I was in the slot. That cat ran up on me so fast. I said, "Oh my god, I ain't never seen no like that." <laughs> <laughs> um, that's how your boy Shelly felt today when that boy ran up on that slot on him. <laughs> you just don't know what to do. Like you used to being up there and the cat trying to get a first down, and that cat barrel down on your chest, and it's like, "Oh, that's it." Hope he drops it because he gone. Um, but again, when you got all those young guys out there, it wasn't nothing they can we could do today. But again, you can if you have a good defensive concept, you can piece guys together. Um, and they can make some plays from zone, from zone pressure to a zone defense team. Pagano was up from that cover two tree with a lot of those coaches are. You can make one of those bend but don't break defenses and get your offense to get out there and just make plays. But again, you're just gonna have to piece that offense together because I, I I'm big on defense but again like you have to be able to score points and you can't rely on your defense to go out there and be like oh yeah we're gonna hold them to 14 to 17 points every game how we've been doing the last few years it just doesn't make any sense and when you look at the Packers offense they do a really good job of scheming and creating mismatches when you look at the Valdez Scatlin touchdown Aaron Rodgers told the running back to stay out there. He was supposed to motion back into the backfield, but if he motioned and comes back into the backfield, the Bears changed their defense, right? So they're like, all right, so it's no longer a three-by-two. All right, it's three-by-one. But Rodgers saw the matchup, and he told the running back to stay out. When he told him to stay out, he saw the middle linebacker matched up against the number three receiver, in the middle of the field, wide open. That's that's simple football. That's looking at it and saying, my guy is better than your guy. I'm going to show you. And that's what he did. He sent them on the fly right down the middle. I mean, it's not, there's nothing special about the route. They, he didn't do anything creative. Mm-hmm. He just looked at the matchup, and he just, just, just went to it. He exposed it. And he did that time and time again. If you look at the, the deep touchdown pass that he dropped, I mean, come on, it, it's man-to-man. You can't do this against the, the Packers. You can't do this against really good wide receivers. No help. 
No hell. I mean, it's a, the, <laughs> so, yeah. If you so you so you do this right. You leave the middle of the field open. A linebacker on a receiver, he burns you for a touchdown. You do the same thing again against Valdez Scantley. He dropped the touchdown. You do it again with with uh, with Smelly uh, and Shelly in the slot. And he he that was a, that was about to be a touchdown, but he passed interference. So you, I mean, when you look at the matchups and how Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers work together, they line up and they look at the defense, and he's like, "Nah, just stay there. We got this." Boom, touchdown. Oh, y'all going zero? Y'all going man? All right, we got this touchdown. So a lot of times when they go out in their formations, they don't have to change. He just looks at the defense and say. All right, I like the play that's called. Let's run it. If he don't like the play that's called, then he motion running back in and they get into something different. But it, it's just scheme and matchup. They're, the Packers, they're not doing anything special. They're just looking to see where the mismatch is and they just exploit it. Yeah, and I think as a defensive court, this is where you fail sometimes. I'm just playing with Lovey. If you're struggling and hey, we're going to play cover two, don't look at me. This is what we're going to play. It ain't nobody getting over top. You make some tackles. Eventually, they'll make a mistake. Out there today, it was like, well, Jackson had to make a mistake. There's no way that my linebacker who's faking blitz is going to go at one of their faster receivers running up the middle of the field with not knowing that it's his own pressure without having help over top. Or it was another situation. Or when you get with them, they get their best receiver in the slot, have it on your slot DB. And you're not adjusted that during the week. You don't have like, well, put your best corner on. Nah, we'll just leave the young guys on. It's just nothing today in the second. Just it just didn't make any sense. It's like, what are we, what are we even trying? We're not even trying at this point. Um. So so the same three. So the same three by two formation that he threw the long touchdown to Scatlin in was the same three by two, except for it was the tight end this time that ran the same route right down the middle to 49. It's the same route. It's the mm -hmm. same concept. We see what yep. you guys are doing. Okay, last time I had my wide receiver in here, we're just going to go different personnel and run the same thing. That's yep. all they did. Yep. With their fullback. Their fullback the, has yeah. lined up at, at tight end. <laughs> like, what the hell? Just, just different ways again to the same play. If you're yep. going to run the same defensive formation, I'm gonna run the same play that I smoked you on. Know? <laughs> I'ma just window dress it. That's all they did. Yep. Yeah. Had Adams in the slot. You looking at Adams, you trying to double him. Yep. Other catches run. <laughs> He's so excited, he don't know what to do with the ball. I don't know what I don't know what to do. He's like, oh, goodness, man. Schemes. Hey, this was yep. a lot of fun, you guys. Appreciate you guys hopping on. Uh Jamin, we'll let you get out of here first. Uh first thing. I was telling DJ a little bit about what you do in the recruiting world and yep. you're based out of North Carolina. Uh, go ahead and tell the people what you're up to nowadays. Yeah. So, so appreciate it, Chris. So I'm a, so I'm an athletic recruiting advisor, man. Um, and my role as an athletic recruiting advisor is to help guide parents and student athletes through the college recruiting process, man. You know, over, over the past three years, man, I've, I've, I've helped over 70 plus student athletes get to school. And when I say it, 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 it's not just my passion, but I, it's definitely, it truly is my purpose. Um, just to help these kids get opportunities, man, to use athletics as a means to get their degree. Um, I know how much it changed my life and helped me. Um, and and, and it's, it's almost like my way of kind of giving back, man. And just recently, man, I just uh, published a new step-by-step uh, -step guide um, 
to help parents and student athletes out. Um, it's called a parents guide to, to taking the frustration out of the recruiting process. I bought it here, man, so they got so the people can see it. Um, put it together, man. I call it the champions approach. It's a nine-step process that um, I've seen just from sitting down with uh, a couple hundred families and kind of understanding what the process is all about and walking them through each step in the in the word champions. It, it champions is an acronym, and each each letter in the word champions describes a different step in the process that each each parent need to be going through, regardless of the sports you play. So I'm, I'm excited about it, man. Um, I get a chance to uh, connect with uh, athletic directors and coaches now to kind of pitch what I'm doing. Um, hopefully, it'll be a blessing to their student athletes as well. Um, but if, if, if you guys know of any kids that need help uh, with the process, please let me know. Shoot them my way. I'll be more than happy to, to evaluate their film, and then we'll go from there. Remember, if, if you can't play, I can't help you. You know what I'm saying? If you can play, I can help you. <laughs> That's the sweat. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's real it's real though you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah no doubt so so but I, I appreciate you guys man this show is awesome man dj and Kristen, man you guys do an awesome job earl it was nice to meet you man hopefully one day i get back to chicago man and you know we can all chop it up together yeah absolutely hey be sure to send the link to your boy Nagy. all right i got you <laughs> no doubt thanks a lot jamin all right, there he goes. That's uh, Jamin Elliott, again, drafted in 2002 by the Chicago Bears in the sixth round out of Delaware, former teammate of Matt Nagy at Delaware, as well as in the AFL as well. And uh, Earl, you're next, man. Appreciate you uh, taking the time. This was a lot of fun doing a little roundtable here with a, a few former Bears. Um, let the people know what, what uh, you're up to nowadays, man. Man, I'm doing a lot. No, I'm just playing, man. Uh, I'm actually just uh, uh, I'm finishing up my PhD. Uh, I just um, I proposed my candidacy so that it got accepted. So things are going well, and I feel I got about another year and a half before I'm done in it. Um, and, and that's really what I've just been focusing on. My future goal trajectory is to be DJ Boss. He's going to come and work and run athletics for me when I uh, – Become an athletic director. We we we've already started working the kinks on that a little bit, but um, yeah, man, that's that's really been up to. Um, and and I think it is just. Are you getting that degree at? Uh, are you finishing up at Vanderbilt, like doing online classes, or how's that? How's that going? Yeah, so I'm actually at the University of Houston, and because of the pandemic, we're doing everything online, and I have about two more weeks before I, you know, get back into. The, the the stream of things, but it's really been uh, eye-opening. It was pretty cool to hear Jay talk about a little bit too because my interest is in student athletes, diversity, inclusion, and uh, athletic directors. So it would be interesting to to get give champions a read and, and if you could play, he could help slogan. Um, so uh, that was very enlightening. I'll be sure to check that out too. But yeah, man, future, tra uh, future career trajectory is, you know, to to run an athletic department, whether it be uh, in college or in the NFL. Absolutely. And uh, you could actually get that uh, at jaminelliot.com. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter at jerecruiting7. Earl, you're on Twitter at Earl B. Bennett. And uh, again, appreciate you taking the time this, uh, this evening. Despite a Bears loss, they still find a way to win. And uh, we get another game, at least one more game next week against the New Orleans Saints. Thanks a lot, Earl. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Earl Bennett, Jamin Elliott, a couple former Bears wide receivers. Uh, I, I know that probably had you feel a little uncomfortable there, DJ. 
two receivers, one uh, one defensive back. That, that, uh, that took legs of his own right there. That just kind of. No, that was great. That was great. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but, DJ, we'll wrap it up here now. Um, again, special thanks to Jamin Elliott and Earl Bennett for joining the show. That was a lot of fun. Um, DJ, the Bears lose. They lose 35-16, but uh, they, they uh, live to see another game. And next week they'll visit the New Orleans Saints. Um, a team that they lost in overtime uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, this was back when Nick Foles was the starting quarterback for the Bears. So now, um, unless some drastic changes that are unexpected happen, um, we'll see what Mitch Trubisky and this offense is able to do against this uh, this New Orleans Saints team. Uh, I, I know one matchup I got circled, DJ, and that's Javon Wims and uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, round two. Oh, no, it'll be good this time around. Um, I think what we just need to realize is we we undefeated. Um, the six-game losing streak, the three-game winning streak, none of that matters. Um, I've, we've seen teams get in the playoff with a losing record and win the game against the Saints. So, again, everything's on the table. Um, like Earl said, it'll be really fast out there. Um, it's a team that you were very, very competitive against. Even with you know with uh, foes getting sacked five times, so you you're more than good enough. I think Mitch needs to understand that he's more than good enough. Um, having those interceptions like it was late, not gonna happen. Uh, we can't need it. Mooney running deep, we need it. Hopefully he's he's okay. Um, hopefully um, Smith is it right? Rokon Smith. Hopefully he's okay. Right. Um, I think the defense themselves. Buster screen. And when you talk about like Buster screen and all those guys, you have to figure out how to get some guys healthy um, or not. We're going to have to switch it up on defense a little bit, but we have a chance when you undefeated and you can go one and oh, or you can go oh and one. Um, so hopefully we can go one and oh and stay undefeated in the playoffs. That's it. That's it. I mean, uh, once you're in, anything can happen. We've seen that in years past. We've seen uh, the Nick Foles led Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, make their way to the Super Bowl and take out Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Uh, we'll see if if something crazy like that is destined to happen here in Chicago. Um, they are the seventh seed. They are the last seed in the NFC playoffs. So they'll be playing uh, the New Orleans Saints, who, uh, of course, are the number two seed. The Green Bay Packers with the win today got the first round by as they clinched the, win, the Packers again. That's it. That's it. <laughs> So, uh, again, uh, we'll, we'll talk again later in the week to uh, preview this game, DJ. But uh, for today's game, they lose to the Packers 35-16. to Yet another year, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers sweep the Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers for his career, DJ, 21-5 and against the Chicago Bears. Um, so, you know, kind of same old story and dance there that we've seen today. Aaron Rodgers, another phenomenal game. Uh, four touchdowns, 240 yards through the air, 19 of 24. Um, so hopefully, hopefully the Bears can, you know, pull off the upset next week in New Orleans, and maybe we will see the ultimate upset and the number seven seed, the first number uh, seven seed ever in the NFL. Of course, remember the uh, NFL decided to add in that extra playoff uh, team to each conference this season, uh, giving just one bye week per conference. Um, so maybe the Bears could be the first ever number seven seed to make a run. Um, regardless, they're the first number seven seed in the NFC ever. 
give or take, what whatever that might mean. But anyways, uh, DJ, it was a Bears loss, uh, but they still won. They, they, they still live to play another game. We'll talk about that later in the week as they prepare for the New Orleans Saints now, a second matchup with the Saints this season as they lost earlier in the year in overtime. Again, special shout-out to Earl Bennett. Special shout-out to Jamin Elliott for uh, joining today's show. And, DJ, a- any final words? Any, any? Hey, DJ, you know we got to do it, man. Give, give these cats, a, and, and usually I wait until the preview show, give the Bears some motivation, man. They, they got to go in this game. They got to they oh, forget well, about this one. They got to win this playoff game, DJ. Well, motivation for this one, um, nothing, man. Congratulations. Um, Happy New Year. Um, New Year resolution, win a playoff game. Um, the first number seven seed of all time. And then you can make history again with being the first seven seed to ever win a playoff game. And they and you can't take that out the books. It's a team that um that beat you in overtime that shouldn't have beat you. Um a team that got your head all messed up, wings. I'm come out there, get make a play, a whims, um, and just do what you need to do, man. One and up. That's it. That's it. That's it. They all have the same record heading into this week. <laughs> Appreciate everybody for tuning in, whether you're uh, watching or listening live or listening on the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, again, follow the show on Twitter at Chris and DJ Show. Again, uh, even if you missed the pregame show, go ahead and check that out from earlier this afternoon as well. Although it might be a little pointless now. But still, good show. Anyway, appreciate, again, Earl Bennett, Jamin Elliott, DJ Moore. I'm Chris Shanafelt. Appreciate everybody tuning in, and uh, we'll be talking later in the week to preview the uh, wild card game against the New Orleans Saints. So uh, Bears lose, but in a way, they still win. Have a good night, everyone.